welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Justin. I'm here with Pastor Roby, and uh, we're doing a one-off episode of the City mm-hmm. Rev Life podcast, and it's really um, just an outflow of something we briefly touched on in your sermon this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, uh, Pastor Roby, how would you set up the, the, the purpose of this conversation, what we're talking about, sure. and why we're talking about it? So we had about six months ago planned to do a series on the end times and that was slotted for this past month. So we kicked that off uh, two weekends ago and then uh, right about the same time there was a, a rising conflict in Israel. And so mm-hmm. um, it gave us an opportunity to not only talk about end times, because we're getting a lot of questions about end times, mm-hmm. um, but we gave us the opportunity to talk about what does the Bible say about how the world ends? Um, yeah. And so that that's the, the genesis of the series. And then that has also created more questions than we can answer on a Sunday morning. Yep. And really one of the questions that there's just a lot going on online about is, bringing out certain current events, tying them to the Bible and asking, hey, does, is this what that Bible's talking about? Or it's really usually more people declaring, mm-hmm. you know, very authoritatively, hey, this happening here means that the Bible, you know, that we're in the end times because the Bible says this, this is happening around the world. Right. And so how do we think about those things? And specifically, one of the things we warned was don't interpret the Bible by the newspaper. Mm-hmm. So we're talking a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit more directly about that. Yeah. So maybe let's just cut to the chase then. And if you could answer for us, uh, are we in the end times? Yes, that is the great question. And here's the answer. We are in the end times. 100%. We are definitely in the end times. In fact, I wouldn't say we are in the end times season. I would not say we are in the end times year. We are in the final hour of the end times. Hmm. The question is, why do I say that? On what grounds do I definitively and authoritatively say we are in the end times? It is not because of what I read in the newspaper. Hmm. It's because what I read in the scripture. So here's what it says. First John chapter two, verse 18. This is uh, John who wrote revelation. This is John who got that whole vision of the end times. In another letter called 1 John, here's what he wrote. He said, children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Hmm. So John, author of the book of Revelation, wrote in a letter. This is not a prophetic First John is not a prophetic book. It's very straightforward. It's just that that kind of uh, literature, just very straightforward. He says, you are to see yourselves in the final hour. And when John wrote this in the first century, that was true. It's been true mm-hmm. for Christians ever since. And it is true for us today. We are in the final hours. It mm-hmm. is the end times. Jesus could return at any moment. That's the way it's been for 2000 years. It is still today. We should have the urgency of being in the last hour, but the reason is because the Bible says it. Hmm. So that idea of it being the last hour, one of the things I remember reading, looking at this text is the Greek word there for last is the word eschatos, from which we get our whole study of the end, the end times, hmm. eschatology. Uh, similar languages used in Jude, it's all over the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Christians are to see themselves as living in the age preparing for 
the final coming of Jesus. Yes. We are in the last days uh, and expecting his coming. And so you, you said in your message this past weekend, you said we don't use the newspaper to interpret Scripture. Uh, we use Scripture to yes. interpret Scripture. And the meanings of some of these mysterious texts, what unlocks them is not what we read in the newspaper. Right. What unlocks them is what does the clear parts of Scripture, other parts of Scripture, yes. have to teach us about what it's saying. Give us just some examples. I think what's also helpful for this is to just get some historical perspective. Um, give us a, like maybe a recent example of a time when the, yeah. the newspaper was used to read into the Bible, and very clearly it did not play out as, as some were claiming. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, uh, for starters, just on that point, so we, we've got a prophetic literature in the Bible, mm-hmm. Revelation, the book of Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, like we've got some of the things that Jesus said, he said it prophetically. Like there's, it's a genre, it's to be read differently than history or a parable or a poem. Like sure. it, it is a, a genre of itself and it's a foreign genre to us. We don't, how would you, you don't normally just go around reading prophecy unless you're reading it in the Bible. And so how do we handle prophecy and, mm. uh, and biblical prophecy? And so oftentimes, we read it like we read like something like Nostradamus. It's like, or some ancient Mayan prophecy or something like that. And so we hear it and then we're trying to connect the dots with, with what we see in current events, but that's not how biblical prophecy is to be read. It is using other biblical references and allusions. It's tying those things together. And so we need to interpret it with scripture. And I remember recently, to answer your question, Justin, it was 2015, and there were several blood moons. That's where the moon has got like a pinkish, Red. orange, or reddish tint yeah. to it. And that is referenced in the Bible. And mm-hmm. so people had all of a sudden, like the internet was abuzz yeah. with, is this the end times? And at the time it was Twitter there posts. Best-selling books. Best-selling books. Oh, yeah. Made. I mean, and, and this is the thing, and I, I would just caution if you can convincingly link a current event to something in the Bible, and especially if you can make it tricky, like you have to know like original languages, technical things. Yeah. If you can make it sound tricky, oh man, people love it. It's like, it feels like a conspiracy. It's like you've cracked some secret code and it gets a bunch of clicks, a bunch of reads, sells a bunch of copies. And so that at the time in 2015, almost um, 10 years ago now, it was blood moons. And so people were all up in arms, like maybe it's the end times, we've got all these blood moons, and then they're tying that into other things that they're reading in the, in the newspaper. And like this happens, it, it, it came and went. And so um, just, it's a reminder, Christians, don't get on the cycle of yeah. all those things. And, and there's other things like that going on today. Yep, yep, totally. It, that's one example among many where there was a lot of buzz about this must be the sign that's being talked about in this passage of scripture. Uh, so what are some of the current ones? What has really prompted us to take some time in yeah. the podcast? Uh, what are some of the things that you're hearing that are helpful examples for us to just identify and say, hey, this is what we're talking about. When we're saying we don't want to interpret the Bible with the newspaper. Right. Uh, what are some of the examples that right now are gaining some popularity online and just give us a little case study. One of the ones that are the most common right now has to do with Hamas. And so uh, this is, that's the, the, the terrorist group that's attacking uh, or that's in conflict, that attacked Israel and is now uh, in conflict with Israel. Mm-hmm. And here's how it, it goes. I've heard people take that 
and they shoehorn it into scripture. And it, you know, if you, if you can link it and add some dramatic music behind it, it it sounds very compelling. So Mm -hmm. here's how it goes in Matthew 24, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be. And he's referencing the end Mm -hmm. times. And so then someone starts with that verse, pulls that one verse out of Matthew 24. And then they say, well, how was it in the days of Noah? And then they go to Genesis chapter six, verse 11. Mm. It says the world was filled with violence. And then they say, well, what is the Hebrew word for violence? It's Hamas. And then they, they talk about, wow, Hamas in the end times, it, the world will be filled with Hamas. J- Jesus said it. And then they talk about, you know, there's, there's violence. And then they weave in Gaza and how Gaza is used through the old, through the, uh, through the, the Bible. And it sounds very, con- uh, very compelling and it can be very confusing, but let's, let's walk through that. Um, for starters, um, the actual, the Hebrew word is not Hamas. It's Hamas. It's not a it's a hate is the is the word it's not a it's, consonant yeah it's the consonant it's not what we would transliterate as h now hamas and hamas to an english speaker sounds the same but it's a different letter and that might not be compelling but let's just walk through this um what actually is jesus saying because that's pulling that matthew text right out of scripture in what ways will it be like it was in the days of noah and in matthew 24 there's a very particular way he's meaning Mm -hmm. and it's not violence he's not saying it will be violent in the days of uh in in our day like it was in the day of noah he says in the it will be like the days of noah in that they were not being watchful for the end to come yeah i've got it here it says they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away so will be the coming of the son of man it says right right after that therefore stay awake for you do not know on what day your lord is coming so yes suddenly so that text is is the point is don't be like the people in the days of noah who were not watchful and being read we didn't have readiness for the coming of the lord that's the way it was they they were it's not that not they're violent and it's not talking about the group Hamas. That's not what it's, it's not talking about it. And so the concern is we're then missing the point for what Jesus is actually, is saying. actually saying, which is readiness. And by readiness, we're not meaning I've decoded the signs. Readiness, according to Jesus, is something else. We'll, we'll talk about that towards the end. What, what does being ready look like? Yeah. And so the the, the argument about Hamas in in that is is a classic example, and it's surprising how much traction that's getting. It's a little saddening that even um, who's saying it. There's even some people who you know know the scripture, know better, know hermeneutics, how to interpret the scripture. That are uh, it's getting a lot of traction, but it that's not that's abusing the scripture. That's a dangerous way to, inter- it's not a dangerous way. It's an inaccurate way mm-hmm. to interpret scripture. So the other one that I've heard recently um, that we've been talking about is people express concern about the way that the Euphrates river is drying up Yes, and how that relates to certain prophecies in revelation in particular. Sure. So maybe give a little context to that, respond to that just as another case study in how sure. newspaper and the Bible, how do they, how do we approach scripture? Yeah. So the Euphrates uh, is that really it is drying up. It is like one of the it's been lowest maybe in record. And that could potentially be a significant crisis for those people in that part of the world mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. There's millions of people who depend on the Euphrates River. That is a big concern. Um, 
but there is reference to the Euphrates all through uh, the, the Bible, starting in, in Genesis and then all the way through Revelation. And, and one of the references to the Euphrates is Revelation 16, 12. This is where this kind of idea comes from. It says, The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Mm. And so people say, whoa, the Euphrates is drying up. This is saying the Euphrates will dry up. So that must mean it's end times. And again, I mean, if you put that in a in a, a TikTok video with you know enough Hans Zimmer in the background, yeah, with Hans Zimmer in the background, I mean, it can sound really intense. But again, that's taking the newspaper and interpreting Revelation at when with the newspaper rather than letting Scripture interpret Scripture. Here's why that is that would be a dangerous way to interpret Revelation 16. Because a few verses earlier, it says the second an- the second angel, so uh, the Euphrates is, has to do with the sixth angel, the second angel, it says, this is verse three, poured out his bowl into the sea and it became like the blood of a corpse and every living thing died that was in the sea. So hermeneutically, if you're going to interpret consistently, if you're going to interpret 1612 literally as the literal U- Euphrates River, literally drying up, then you would literally need to interpret the sea as becoming like blood and every living thing dying in it. And that would have had to already happen Mm. before the Euphrates dries up. I think that neither of those are intended to be interpreted literally. And so we, that I would say it would be a, a, not a good interpretation to look at the Euphrates river drying up as uh, being literally what Re- Revelation 16 is talking about. I think a better use of our time when it comes to the the Euphrates is actually being concerned about the potential crisis for the millions of people living around Euphrates, what's causing it, mm-hmm. how can we help? So uh, again, it's just a, a caution uh, and a warning that, that it can get very compelling to see Revelation and try and kind of decode the Bible. The Bible's not a, to be decoded by the newspaper. It's it's to be uh, it's it's engaging with itself. Let other scriptures interpret scripture. Yeah. So that approach of allowing scripture to interpret scripture helps us to see something like Revelation sixteen three and sixteen twelve, for example, um, as you know, in a number of different ways, but as echoes of biblical themes that have already been established. Right. You see that at work in the plagues when there's plagues brought on Egypt. Right. And giving us this this window into what does it look like when God is handing over people to judgment? It is this collapse. Sure. Um, so there's a couple of other examples that I think are, are are clear, just to give some historical context. But to just drill this point down, you know, you mentioned you can you can get a lot of traction, a lot of views. Sure. By taking a, a, a person. Given given enough time and creativity, yes. you can find ways to connect the dots between historical figures, current events to what's said in any ancient text, yes. in, including the scripture. Yes. So just anything you would share on that before yeah. we move on. So what I would just say is I, I just caution, um, I'd caution believers strongly that at almost any time there is a new version of this all the time and it comes and goes. You can take any leader, you can take any president, any presidential candidate, almost any world leader, and you will find somewhere online a case that they're the Antichrist. Yep. I mean, you you look, uh, I mean, I'm not recommending you do this, but you could Google Biden or Trump or anyone, 
and you could make it. I mean, I, you could, and, and it's not that hard to do. With yeah. enough creativity, you can make the Bible say all kinds of things. For example, I could l- imagine this TikTok video, you know, the Israel. How did Israel fall in the Old Testament? Well, they kept turning to the high places. These high places come up over and over and over again. Mm. These high places are the place where they turned from worshiping God how they should have, and they worship God idolatrously. And we find out in Second Kings that it's because they didn't put away the high places that they were that they were uh, destroyed. And so it's a caution to lands to not turn away from God and worship false worship God falsely. And then it says in the end times that God will come and He'll tread upon the high places. And if you look carefully, what is the word high place in Hebrew? It's Bama. Maybe Obama is what has led our nation away. I mean, you could easily, you know, you add the right music, you could make the text. I mean, you could you could come up with this for any president, you could for any leader, for any event, you could create a a uh, you could coerce the Bible into saying something. And so just be cautious. Uh, this is this has happened all throughout history. Yeah, and so other points in history, this has taken place. This is happening in that first generation of Christians, undoubtedly, with what was going on in the Roman Empire. Just maybe briefly yeah. give a little bit of what are some of the historical things that happened that it seems as if John is writing directly to address. Yes, I, that that would be another point. I'm glad that you bring that up. It's you know we're like yeah, but right now there just seems so many things that are pointing to the end times. And I would just say this is a this is something Christians have always had to sort through from the beginning. Early mm-hmm. Christians and early Christian pastors and writers are cautioning Christians uh, on the same thing. For example, there was an ancient case that Nero was the Antichrist, and and still like that's actually a popular discussion even today. And there's many people who believe that that might have been who John was referring to. Why? Well, for several reasons. For starters, if you transliterate Nero's name into Hebrew and then you you assign a numerical value to his name, it equals exactly 666. Um, secondly, it says in Revelation that the, that the persecution will be for 42 months. And if you look at when the Jewish rebellion happened, Mm-hmm. Um, and then Nero sent troops to put down the Jewish rebellion from that month until the day that Jerusalem fell in 70 AD is exactly 42 months. And so people will look at Nero and look at that. And, and ancient Christians did this too. And they're trying to interpret revelation with those signs. And we need to be cautious to do that. How about um, the first crusade? The first crusade, this is right around exactly a thousand years after Jesus ascended. And you have all this discussion of millennium. Well, right at the end of the millennium, there were the kings of the earth gathering together for battle battle in the Holy Land. They were literally battling for Jerusalem against um, the, 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 um, the, the Muslim people that were occupying there at the time who they would, who were led by a great prophet who, you know, could be interpreted as the great false prophet. In fact, people in, in antiquity, um, uh, interpreted the false prophet to be Muhammad. And so you've got this at this time of the first crusade, so many reasons to think like what a crazy season on earth that was. How about the World War One? The first time the world in in almost a millennium had seen the kings of the world gathering together. They had the war to end all wars. World War Two. I mean, Hitler makes a very compelling antichrist, and you've got the the severe persecution of the Jewish people during the Holocaust, and then Israel becoming a nation again. And so, 
I just caution believers saying it's that, well, now things are happening that point to the end times. There are always things in every season that point to it being the end times. The reality is we've always been in that last hour. Yeah. That's always how we've been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since the time that Jesus came, gave his life, rose from the dead, sent us his spirit, Christians have been living in preparation, anticipation of his return. Yes. And Jesus told us that there's birth pains, and that's the metaphor. It's yes. this, this repetitive sequence that's intended to keep us ready on mission, yes. ready for our Lord, because he could come. He yes. is coming like a thief in the night. And so, uh, you know, just to kind of close this last thought, and then I want to get to practical, just what should we do? What What is a helpful way to turn to this? You know, I'm reminded of a, a buddy of mine who told me growing up in his church at every Easter, his pastor told him, I think we are, this is our last Easter yeah, because of this happened and this happened this year. And he said, as a kid growing up in the church, he just kind of started to like, you know, laugh at it. Uh, and it became comical to, mm-hmm. to him. And I think if we aren't careful, it could discourage faith. Sure. Uh, especially in the next generation as we try and approach right. the Bible as a code. Right. And then what does it do when the code doesn't work, but we're right. popularizing this? Right. It could make the idea or the case to people that, well, maybe the Bible isn't trustworthy. Right. When and we try and make it say something it's not actually saying. Yeah, when we interpret, like, we should be urgently um, believing we're in the end times, not because of current events, but because the Bible says we are. Mm-hmm. If we use current events to make us urgent, the blood moons will come and go. Yeah. And and those will eventually will, will get weary. So, uh, but we need to stay vigilant because uh, Jesus tells us to. He says, be watchful that I can come at any time. Be, be, be vigilant. And what does being ready mean? Um, being ready is not cracking the code and drinking in conspiracies. Being ready is bearing fruit. It's being about the Lord's work. Yeah. It's not hunkering down. It's being a city changer. It's going about your job. It's being ready that it could be today or it could be another thousand years from now and being ready either way, being vigilant and uh, in, in living out a godly life. So uh, I think that's what readiness is. It's yeah. not hunkering down. It's being, it's being faithful and bearing fruit. And a few practical things on that. I think one, a few practical takeaways. I think one would be guard our influences. We want to be trees planted by streams of water. We want to be guzzling down the scripture Mm -hmm. and want to be very careful that we're not guzzling down other influences. And, And so especially when it comes to the prophetic genre of scripture, it's one of the most technical parts of scripture. It requires having a, um, a robust understanding of scripture. Some of the greatest scholars are still debate exactly what it means. And I would just caution believers to be trained and taught on that such a technical part of scripture from someone they have no idea who they are on social media, on TikTok or YouTube. It's just a lot of people have watched it or our friends send it to them or they see it on, on Facebook or Instagram. And then they're someone they don't even know who they are. They don't know if they're credentialed. They don't know if they're just a random person sitting in their in their basement. They don't know if they've got you know what their background is. I just caution who is training you on this very, very technical part of scripture. And then secondly, I just say, you know, revelation is intended to encourage us. It's intended, it, we're, we're not to have a spirit of fear. We're, have, we're to have love and joy and peace and patience. And so whatever our eschatology is, whatever our understanding of the end times, 
it should be sending us not not hunkering down and pulling out of the world but it should be sending us into the world mm. because jesus said as the father sent me into the world so i'm sending you, you. Mm-hmm. and so we should be going into the world with love and joy and peace and patience and all the fruit of the spirit right. actively that that's what readiness is readiness mm. is being about the master's work mm-hmm. when he returns mm-hmm. and so i, I just want to encourage believers on, on those two points that's good. That's good. It's a helpful way to conclude this episode. And we hope that this has encouraged you to to look to the scripture as your authority and to look on the future that God has prepared for us with tremendous hope and anticipation. Uh, as Jesus told us, he is coming soon. He is coming soon. And our cry, the cry of our hearts is, come Lord Jesus. And uh, so we anticipate the return of our Lord. Well, with that, we'll see you on the next episode of the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe or leave a rate and review. If you want more content or additional resources, head to cityrev.org or download our app. We hope you have a great day.